Honk with Mike Bridenstine is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mike knows like so, like the biggest names in comedy. Dude, you gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He like has like the biggest names on uh, in comedy on his on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that. The best po- panel pod on the internet. And this is what the show's about, Nick. That we have our finger on the pulse of America's uh, <laughs> trends. Obama is the actual devil. Crocodile Dundee was cool. Yeah, welcome to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. I'm Mike Bridenstein. Shout out Rick Gonzalez. Shout out Bad Planet. Shout out Untaken Podcast. Shout out No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Let's do a show. I've got the world's greatest panel. Lindsay Adams is back. God damn, is she funny. From Snack Time, from Fresh Air Comedy, from being a custom cake designer, you love Lindsay Adams. Brian Baldinger is here. First time, long time comedy show booker, producer, director of development at Starburns Audio, from This Is Not Happening, from Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, from Harmon Quest, one of the first industry people to ever pay attention to me. Mike Burns is back from Power Moves with Mike Burns. He's the creator of Dad Boner on Twitter. He was the best man in my wedding. Lisa Cheneau is back from What's Your Sign from Chatterbox. She's a writer. She's a bartender. We're happy to have her back. Kimberly Clark also back from Tiffany Haddish Presents They Ready on Netflix. From Last Comic Standing, from Lopez Tonight, from Time Out LA's Comics to Watch 2018. This whole crew is great. So without further ado, here are Lindsay, Brian, Mike, Lisa, and Kimberly. If you don't already... Please hit subscribe. Why don't doing they do Zoom it here. for you? I saw your thing. You're looking for somebody, and I was like, I wish. I mean, to- I am, but nobody cares about me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I'm offering a- you money, and everybody's like, no. I know. I'm like, it's a good podcast. You produce worst podcasts. Like, what? Find me an intern. Like, what? Nobody's in college anymore. Like, right. What yeah. what are we doing? Man, as soon as Lindsay has any power, anybody everybody needs to like duck because it's coming back to everybody. She's got a list in her head and I'm scared of it. I do. It's, it's not a big deal. It's like that um, Billy Madison guy. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. Wasn't that played by Rob Schneider? I believe so. No, that yeah, I think it's Rob Schneider where he's make he's making a list. And he crosses them off. She and means the character the in the show, not Steve that Buscemi, Billy. Steve Buscemi's character in Billy Madison. Right. Oh, it's right. Steve Buscemi. You're right. It Buscemi. is Steve Buscemi. And I got another, the sunken eyes confused. Another strange-faced white man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They both have eyes that just get lost in their skull. Rob Schneider, Steve Buscemi. And, of course, I pictured Robert Buscemi when you said Steve Buscemi. So. <laughs> I do that every time I hear Steve Buscemi. You picture I Robert. Robert's face. <laughs> Brian, you were first, so I'll give this first one to you. Um, Nicki Minaj tweeted to 22.7 million people, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friends got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married and now the girl called off the wedding. So pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Not bullied. Does the dumbest tweet of all time negate her verse on monster? (laughs) 
I think it colors her legacy <laughs> in not a great way. <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to be a thing attached to her name for a while. It's not going away tomorrow. Um, it's super dumb when people have to be like uh, basically diagnosing your cousin with gonorrhea. <laughs> what do you think happened to that cousin? Do you think he got chlamydia? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't go down the rabbit hole. I saw other people doing the research on what the actual STD probably was. But it's like... that happened to one of my roommates in college. His balls got huge, and he had to go get a shot in his peener. It wasn't COVID vaccine. <laughs> also, imagine if you're that cousin. It's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and for me, it's like it's not a brag, but I've never had an STD, and I was like. Well, what, I got you probably big, made uh, out of HPV burns. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. There's like 72 different HPVs. We all have 12 of them. Let's all like, but but the, the major ones. But I got the shot. I don't have big ass balls. I wish I had. Where's my huge balls? I was. That didn't to happen to you. Fucking shot. I got scammed. If yeah. I'm the cousin, I'm mad that she didn't tag me. <laughs> yeah, could you At say my name? Tag. Yeah. Please tag me. <laughs> Do they have a procedure where they make men's balls bigger if they're like yes. really, really small? Yes. Is there like a cosmetic thing? Yeah, they put um sil- they put like the same stuff that they put in women's lips. Don't ask me how I know that. You can get a boob I job for your It's like a whole fetish thing. It's like a whole like fetish community of like see- like men making their balls bulge. <laughs> Sign me up. Having huge balls is the same as when that guy like I was on that MTV show got huge like calves. Oh right. Like, uh, he wanted eye candy. Worthless, like yeah. Huge I mean, balls or calves don't do anything for anyone. Well as someone well, with both, I can assure you you're right. <laughs> I will say this. I think that the fetish is primarily in the gay community because there's not a planet where women would be like, do you know what we need to have bigger balls? <laughs> like, well, you know what the guys are saying? They're like, I'm doing this for me. Okay. If yeah. it's not for you, this is for me. And you know, that's true. If it's your balls. For people who like big balls, this is their patron saint. They're probably going to Trinidad to find this motherfucker. <laughs> Probably. What did you take? <laughs> did you take Johnson and Johnson? What are we talking? Brido, you have big balls, correct? Uh, no comment. It's just Brido and the dad from White Lotus. <laughs> it's the skinny guys you gotta watch, y'all. <laughs> I, I just don't even want to say anything. <sighs> uh, okay. No, no one does. No. <laughs> Brido um, will not toot his own horn, but I can say. As a longtime friend, <laughs> quality ball sack. Oh my god! I forgot. Don't Thank men you. show each other their balls for fun? No, no. It just comes out once in a while. Like you find out. You just find you out. Find there out. are groups of men who do that. It, yeah. It's rare. Yeah, I'm sure dudes show each other their shit all the time. I, I mean, I just don't. Isn't it? It's like a funny thing <laughs> that you guys pull your balls out and then you go, ha ha. Oh, this comes up every now and then on the show. Somebody will know somebody who waited tables and we're like, he put his ball sack on the table. And it's like, that's fucking gross. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> there was a, uh, I, 
I was I was placed with a group in college of guys who were always. It was called prison. Oh. It was like prison. We did not get along. They had a whole thing called penis on the shoulder where they would just lay their dick on each other's shoulders. And it like, you know, it was, the game was how long could it be there before anybody noticed? And then everybody went penis on the shoulder and they were like, ah, yeah, pre okay. 20 years before me too, when I was in college or whatever, uh, there was two ways that unfunny dudes could be funny. One was quoting movies and the second was doing something with your junk. That was mm-hmm. the two ways you could be funny. Still think it's well, fun. Well, the game <laughs> you would love everyone in my college. <laughs> the game that was very popular for my group of high school friends was I sat and gum. So most people have yeah, like it, when you have your old beat up uh, shorts that you wear and the crotch gets a little thin, you would uh you would pull the part skin of your your scrotum through the thing and say oh my god i sat in gum and everyone would laugh and laugh and, and that was like <laughs> yeah so Still you reach today. down into your crotch you reach down in your crotch and you pull out this big you put you the stretchy part of your balls possible. yeah oh my god i sat in gum and it's very funny and you did and uh, we didn't do this with women it was just oh, don't you exclude to... us we could get a labia <laughs> yeah i encourage that oh i don't if, think that if... will work with black men though i sat in gum oh shit it's not that gonna is look like okay gum. so that's a racially exclusive a game way to go mike Bubblicious, bubblicious has many flavors. What and... other way to say I didn't have black friends in college? <laughs> Michigan yeah. State had no brothers with with uh, no grape no, gum. There were, there were some, and I guess you may be correct. They didn't usually play the gum game, but maybe uh, the African American men had a little more fucking taste than my white trash. <laughs> See, we would do. Did I sit and gum to somebody seated, and you would walk up, put your ass in their face, and then fart in their face? <laughs> you could play that with girls. <laughs> Did I sit and gum? Let me see. Fart in your face. I mean, the fact that what do you, were you all blind? How could you not see? You just constant. I mean, you can't see the fart coming when you got a dick on your shoulder. Everybody knows that. <laughs> have any of you guys ever seen totally Poetry fair. of the Penis? <laughs> I have not no. seen it. Oh, I've never they seen do. That. Some fucking weirdo. I mean, the one of the you the, saw it. They, Oh yeah, I, I booked that. I booked it at comics for for a week. <laughs> like I think in like uh, you know 2009. It's a crazy show. What do they these, do? So these guys is these two Australian dudes. They're brothers, and they they take out their junk and they make them into like origami style like figures and puppets and shit. It's called puppetry of the penis. One of them is called the cheeseburger. <laughs> like they make them look like actually like things. It's like, um, and the the craziest one is the sailboat, and the sail is the scrotum. Just to give you an idea. Oh like, my god, it's nuts. The it's logistics nuts. sound very difficult. It's like a balloon animal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like it's as funny if it's not violating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the audience has to have no permission. The you have to go there expecting to see like a regular show, and they're like, "Check out this sailboat!" And everybody's just like horrified by it. Right, right, right. It's, it's funnier if it's a surprise. Also, probably a lot more liability. Involved. Sorry, you're right. 
I didn't talk about Norm Macdonald on the show last week because it already passed. So I wanted to see Lisa or and then everybody. Do you have what? Did you have any favorite Norm Macdonald moments? And if not, I have a specific question after that. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. Anybody else? I had a run in with him at a, the Boston airport. A run in? I mean, I, I didn't mean to say that. It wasn't negative. Oh, okay. But uh, I was in the waiting area getting ready to get on a plane to LA after the Boston Comedy Festival. I forgot what year it was, but he was there and he sat down next to me randomly. And I'm like, oh, there go Norm, you know? And I know he didn't know that I was a comedian, but I just started talking to him and telling him that I was. And uh, we chatted. We had a nice chat. He was very charming. And then he was like, let me get your number so I can text you from my seat. And I was like, cool. And I gave him my number, but he never texted me. I had the uh, same story. <laughs> yeah. When I, no. when I worked at the improv, yeah, when I worked at the improv, he came He came through one night and we were talking about poker. He was talking about how much he likes poker. And he loves it. Loved it. We were like, there's, there's probably a seat at the game. I, I played in a big comics game at the time. And he was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come later. Give me your number. I'll, I'll, I'll text you later or whatever. And we did. And he just did. Never did. Never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But he made us feel good at the time. We're like, oh, my God, Norm Macdonald's going to come play poker with us. <laughs> you know. But then I did Last Comic Standing like a couple years later. And I, he was one of the judges when I did it. Mm-hmm. And he ripped my set apart. <laughs> And I'm looking at this fool like, don't you remember sitting next to me at the Boston airport? Like, you were real cool. You were real nice then, you know, but whatever. I like the SNL Burt Reynolds. Yeah. The Jeopardy Turd Ferguson. That was yeah, great. that like the rape it, like all of that made me laugh really hard. The um, the, if you want to see a lot of the, a lot of like really good bits collected of him, um, Adam Egit has been posting on his on his Instagram. Adam Egit, who is his co-host on Norm Macdonald's podcast, and also went on to book the Comedy Store, and um, uh, yeah, he was oh, close with him, and, and he's been posting a lot. I'm saying it for the audience's benefit. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I know we all know Adam, um, but, uh, Hey, he turned the worst club I'd ever been to into something people talked about as if it were cool. So yeah, for sure. Um, he's been posting a lot of stuff on his, on his IG and a, a lot of it's really good. Like one of them in particular is, uh, Norm is talking about, Hey, how this is great at the internet. They let you p- people comment on the show. So people have been sending in, you know, their ideas and their thoughts and their commentary on the show. And he's got them on cards and he's going to read all the, you know, whatever the reviews of the show. And then they're all shitting on Adam. <laughs> like, this is great. Except for that one douchebag. I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> Adam's just sitting right there. <laughs> um, Norm did a show at, uh, what was it? Blue Goose? Lounge? Blue Goose Lounge. Yeah. And oh, a, wow. And it, and it was a big deal. And, yeah, he comedy coalition more, couldn't have been any more nice and and it was it was one of those moments where you had all the comics it was must watch it was it was no ditch out to smoke it was no go get a drink it was it, and i think he had this power of being so must see that it didn't matter if he was just going to go up and fuck around with new shit or do old shit or just talk and I think that 
that level of charisma is is so rare. And yes, there is there's been a lot of you know things have come out that people people are not uh, happy with or people have uh, not fond memories of Norm Macdonald. But there's very few comedians in general where the majority is a is a uh, a uh, huge fan of him. And he, I think he was just basically the, he's a pure back of the room comic where comedians wanted to sit in the back and watch. Why do and we like watching somebody good bomb? I, I think it's, it's, it's very relatable where it's what, you know, maybe, maybe it's not everyone, but it's something like what I want to do or in general have done a lot of times is, I want to just go up and do what I want yeah. as opposed to what the audience wants. And Norm did what he wanted as opposed to what the audience wants. And it's a big difference than going yeah. for the claps or the laughs or the ad- adulations as opposed to this is what I personally think is funny. Take it or leave it. Fuck off. Those people tend to be heavy on the in like the surprise predictability balance of a good joke they're like heavy on the surprise you know what i mean like yeah he would he, he was like really look it's a sailboat at... now <laughs> exactly i didn't <laughs> see that coming did you so that plays to the back of the room more than it does to the to the audience but that's why the comics love that i think but Please. also i think a lot of it's what his whole his whole career is based on is is his talk show appearances that's what really blew him up more than anything because he would he's like our rickles he would brutally torture whatever talk show host it was and didn't give a fuck. And that's what everyone wants to do. No one wants to just, oh, yeah, Jimmy. Oh, yes, you're the greatest. And yeah, my, he didn't do that. And I think that was, it was very endearing to comedians. Okay, change, changing the subject. Uh, Kimberly, AOC wore a dress that said tax the rich at the Met Gala. Was that a sick burn or a cell phone? Politicians are tricky. I mean, I love AOC, by the way, but, you know, I always have questions about their motives and what they do. Why was she at the Met Gala anyway? Somebody paid for her tickets? for the people. Yeah. (laughs) But I love her. Does anybody have a... It is a sick burn. Okay. Anybody saying cell phone? I think it's a... I think it's a... A mix i think it's all nuanced i think to, to yeah. kimberly's point like i think she's awesome i think that the message she's putting across is a good one and she might not have fully complicated the setting <laughs> and like how much context is going to travel with her like you know in this gorgeous dress at this thing saying that it's like there's a maria there's a Anybody who wants to attack her can take a, can make like a Marie Antoinette attack, and anybody who's on her side can focus on the message. And it's kind of whoever is looking at it is going to put it in their own lens. Yeah, geez, Mike, way to just beat <laughs> up on the only politician who we like now. <laughs> is she the only one? Just the rest joke. of the squad. There's a um, bad joke. There's a who do we like? We like Gavin Newsom now. We like. Uh... <laughs> I think that she definitely accomplished what she wanted to do. Like, yeah. the, if you saw the Google search or whatever, it was like a huge spike in people looking it up or whatever. So it was a big platform. I think it's a smart move. I do wish it didn't look like a wedding dress. Like at first yeah. I was just like, who put that on their wedding dress? And, and who is that? Like t- to some extent, like 
it took me a minute to be like, oh, AOC, oh, she's at the Met? Like, uh, what? So I think it maybe could have been clear presented in a different way. I guess it represented the theme. I'm not sure. What was the theme? What was the theme? America. That's the theme? Yeah. Of the Met Gala. So the Met Gala's costume display this year is going to be called America. So, like, the J-Lo outfit was, I think, supposed to be a, a nod to, like, the Old West. What was Kim? And, uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You'd have to ask she her. She just wore, like, a hood. It's, it's possible that that was a an American knife. designer. Um, it's possible that she was, like, referencing, you know, silencing the voices of certain kinds. of. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was supposed to be an American theme. So, I don't know. I don't know what the white dress has to do with that, but I liked it. Lisa, or uh, sorry, Lindsay, Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court Justice, said that they are not partisan hacks. Are they? Man, she could suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> she can suck my ass. Give me the number to her office. One eight hundred. Suck my ass, Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> Fuck her. What was the question? Sorry. Are they partisan hacks? She's like, I feel like if they're out there saying like, we're not political. It's just like, if you have to say that you're fucking like you are. Sorry. I don't know what a partisan. Is. Oh, partisan is uh, <laughs> like the, the judges aren't like, political to a party. Yeah. Are they like, Republican I, or a Democrat no, I would still say the same thing. She can suck my ass. It's totally... It was the correct answer, even though you didn't yeah. know what it meant. Everybody. Well, her in general can can do that but like i didn't want to say it again in case people got upset but people got real upset i know but honestly of course judges are i mean that's the most insane thing for her to say and that's also deeply pandering to like some idea that for like for her to say that is like the worst weakest attempt to like have anybody on the other side of the aisle for one second be like she's not that bad well, that guy, Justice Breyer, who's like a thousand years old, won't retire. And they're like, this happened with um, RBG, too. Like she she said that if I retire, it looks partisan. It looks political. So, you know, they can like do a new judge before like Trump gets uh, before Obama's done. So this guy won't retire under Biden. And because it might look political and people are like, dude. It's fucking political. Like, I don't know. Um... It's always political. Yeah. It's always political. One side is political and one side at least pretends that they aren't. So the side that's political wins is what happens in our politics yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. They basically say, we don't care. We just want to win. We don't even pretend things are the truth. And they fucking voted for Trump. And they kept on being like, oh, you know, it's okay that he lies every now and then. And whereas, like, we, we wouldn't vote for somebody who is cool with that shit. Like, we still want to pretend we're, our people care about fairness. Sorry to say we, assuming everybody is on the left. I just kind of do. Apologies, because we're in the business. I look like I stormed the Capitol, but I'm a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's broken. It's broken. I'm glad you brought those beers, Brido, because I only brought 12, and it was, like, it was not enough. I thought I recognized yeah. you both. I don't I don't like the term political for stuff like this. I think it's just it, it's a it, it should just be business. Yeah. 
it's just right. their business. job is to interpret the constitution right and their job is to make money yep. they're all their yeah. job for all of them is to gain popularity and make money it's their job and there's a very few very a small handful of politicians who actually just want to do good for act for other people it's just business what's yeah. the the aoc dress you think that that's business that's that mm-hmm. that thing got blasted everywhere and it improved her career thus making her more money it's just business. i don't know who hasn't heard of her though right but you need to stay in the public eye just like yeah. any other yeah like we well, have, we've all one. we've all heard of bradley cooper but bradley cooper needs to put out a fucking movie every once in a while to remind everyone hey bradley cooper should be someone that we should all give money to and a surprisingly good singer surprisingly mm-hmm. uh burns rolling stone ranked the top 500 songs of all time i'm gonna give you <laughs> I'm going to just start oh naming for you guys the top 10 and I want any reaction. I want to know what fucking should not be in there and what was overlooked. Number 10. I'm just going to look for your reactions. Hey, Ya by outcast. Number 10. Great. Great song. It's a banger. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Number nine. Recency bias. No, I'm okay with that. Okay. Get your freak on by Missy Elliott. Number eight. That's, that's, not that's seriously number eight missy elliott that's not wait not what's the criteria what are they elliott. saying the all-time greatest songs ever rolling stone that's not, that's not the best missy elliott song what's exactly. the, what are you saying is work exactly. it or uh, or uh rain it's far superior to that yeah which the rain, also the rain is yeah. good too yeah. super duper fly missy, missy elliott as much as i'm a fan has absolute no business being in the top 10 songs of all fucking time. There's Sam Cooke songs and there's fucking there's we're getting there's to Sam pop. Cooke. Oh, is Sam Cooke going to be in here? Sam Cooke is number three. Change. A change is going to come. Number three. That's Sam Cooke. That's number three. That's the third greatest song of all time. What's Disagree. Disagree. Not even the be- best Sam Cooke song. What's, what do you think is the best Sam Cooke song, Mike? Bring it, it? bring it on home to me live at the Harlem Social Club is the finest performance, uh, I would say, of all time. Uh, as far as a vocal performance, I would I would put it into rock. I would put it into R&B. I think that is the pinnacle of vocal performances for me. It's and I was going to say, Cupid, drop back your bow. That song slaps. We all know it's number three. <laughs> Can I say that I think that it's possible that they used an algorithm? Because yeah. every time I'm Googling these, it's the first song that comes up. Oh, Missy so... Elliott. That's the first Missy Elliott. What's the first? Let me ask you this. What's the first Beatles song that comes up? Because number seven is the top rated Beatles song. And it's Strawberry Fields Forever. Like, what the fuck? Why would that not yesterday? Yes. Strawberry Fields Forever. <laughs> yeah. Help is the first one that comes up. Okay. Yeah. Number Here. seven, Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. No. 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 That's not even the top 10 Beatles songs. No. Mm-mm. Well, it's number seven song of all time. Hard pass. <laughs> uh, number six, what's going on, Marvin Gaye? Yeah. But that's uh, not Marvin Gaye's best song either. What's Marvin Gaye's best song? We hate the list is what we're but saying. But that's like. his most political, like, right. that's when he was changing. I think that's mercy, mercy. Person. Is this the new Time Out LA? 
This is Rolling Stone. I know, but is it like, are there artists right now being like, I can't believe fucking number seven that or whatever. <laughs> Except they're, they're in all, their graves saying that. <laughs> Have you seen I that Qu- Joe Quizales sketch where they're at Chatterbox and they're talking about the serial killer coming around to murder the top? Yeah, I'm in it. Oh, I'm fuck. Yeah, you are. That's like, what <laughs> I love that one. That one is so good. So funny. So, so funny. great. I was in it. Number five, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Sure. Doesn't do it. It's not my favorite Nirvana song, but it's like the seminal What's one. your favorite Nirvana started. song? All apologies? Right now, it's um, uh, Rape Farmer Me. Oh, Seattle. okay. I like um, Heart Shaped Box, but I also yeah. just feel like Nirvana shouldn't crack this up then. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Nirvana, Nirvana what? No. Shouldn't be in the top, the top ten. No. I agree. Hard, hard I'm going to say they There's should. No I'm going to say they should. So, yeah. wait, I'm is this list the best songs no. or the best. most iconic? Best. Okay, that's different, though. I Top think they're five. listing You're... the most iconic. Yeah, you got to find out what their definition of best is, because it seems like a lot of these are based on, like, popularity. Yeah, but why would or... Strawberry Fields be ahead of any Beatles song? Like, it's not even on an album. It was a Wasn't single. The name a, of the movie? There's a bazillion things that are better than that song. Like, it... Ben There's Harper's version list. of that song is better than the Beatles song. Fucking Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden is better. You could just pick anything. There's all kinds of shit. What's their target demo, Rolling Stone? Uh, Well, I I'll tell you they're... with number four. I'll tell you. Okay. It's uh, Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Says the name of the magazine okay. title, so sure. Number two. This will be interesting. Uh, number two is Fight the Power by Public Enemy. The number two song of all time, Fight the Power, Public Enemy. I'm not sure I've ever heard it, to be honest with you. Have you seen Do the Right Thing? Seen the Rosie Perez dance at the the top? I see. Okay. I watched it on on Friday. You watched Do the Right Thing on Friday? Yes, I, I was in '80s clown uh, basement, oh. uh, and I was, and I needed something for before bedtime. I watched "Do the Right Thing," incredible song. Not number two, number that's two song. That's a pandering move. It is okay. So straight out of straight out of Compton, you can just pick any other random like hip hop song. That's straight out of Compton's better than "Fight the Power." I mean, that may be a personal choice, but it just hits harder. It's a better fucking song. Bombs over Baghdad is better than Fight the Power. Correct. Okay. So number one, is it first of all, does anybody want to guess what number one is based on the rest of the list that I've told you? I will give you a hint. It is a female singer, not recent. It's from the sixties, I want to say. I is it the Miami it. Sound Machine? <laughs> I saw it, so I'm not gonna guess. Oh, okay. It's Respect by Aretha. Okay. I can accept that. Yeah, I can. I would take it. Okay, what? Tell me what is what they missed. Now you are on the, whatever the committee, that picks, this this fucking list. What are you fighting for? What are you saying? You know what? You don't have this fucking song on there. Uh, sweet child of mine. Yes, Guns and Roses for you youngsters. Hmm. There's probably some Radiohead in there. Which radio that I try to throw? Maybe I mean pro- probably creep just for the like Radiohead. Well, you know people. who wouldn't like that is Radiohead. No, right, I know. But, still, but even so, like I mean, I creep would pick is a, not a creep is not a top ten all time song. 
it's like you know, it's top, no top it's no fight the power you can put it like number 75 or something <clears throat> dude fight the power flavor flave is like, better than imagine by john lennon this list really disturbs no. me uh, i'm very disturbed <laughs> by this list it's bad. because it's, really it's bad. like it's so many missing i don't what is it based on it's almost like you have to separate it by genres even yeah because it's like yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. There's no country music in there, and I hate country music. But still, yeah. there's some great country yeah. music songs. I don't hear any of that. It, I don't see any of that in that list. Well, yeah. There's no Prince in there. Where's yeah. Prince? Prince was. Oh, I, I do know Purple Rain was in the top twenty. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody was in the top twenty, if I but recall. But it's like it's like saying like, what's your favorite planet? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like too. It's too broad. It's too. Well, you maybe to, they. You have to narrow it. Here's what I think happened. But, I can't prove anything. Missy Elliott song is above Purple Rain, better than Purple Rain, better than fucking Wait, that's Purple a good Rain. Missy Elliott song, Mike. Yeah, it's not a shit bag. It's like you might as well put LMFAO on. I just think that's a jump. She wears a garbage bag in the video. If we're being fair. All right, compared to Purple Rain, that is just some other song. I'm sorry for the harsh language. You're correct. I you thank you for correcting me. You're correct, but Purple Rain and then the Missy Elliott song aren't. They don't. They're not the same. Here's what it's I think happened. Fun. I'm guessing this was like a bunch of like old white dudes in a room, and one of them, one intern goes, "Isn't hip hop like the biggest thing on the radio now? Isn't it like a multi billion dollar business? How do you not have any hip hop in your top ten? And they went. Oh fuck! I don't know because they, I was when you said what's missing. The thing to me is like any sort of female singer songwriter, like Brandi Carlile, Carol King, like uh, Joni Mitchell, anything Joni like Mitchell. that. Like, Carol King. Yeah, Carol King. I mean, I don't know. Tapestry. I, I Look like it up. She's right. There, there could have been. I don't I know. Had a roommate, there, I had a roommate told me he thought Carol King was really great in My Blue Heaven. Oh, where does uh fuck? Where does <laughs> where does Taylor? Uh, oh, does she have a, a top twenty? It's hard to have perspective on Taylor because I think uh, so many of her songs are so great, but I can't tell if it's because I can't get them out of my head, oh. or mm. if because they're fun, or if it's because they're like quality. Is oh. there an artist that repeats a lot of times on the list? I'm going to guess just based off Beatles. Be, I'm going to guess there's a lot of Beatles. I'm going to guess there's a lot of Bob Dylan. They fucking love Bob Dylan. They fucking Bob Dylan. I they, am the just name not. of their magazine. There should be some doors. There should be some Pink Floyd. Stevie uh, Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Michael Jackson. Although Is that I think not I'm politically Jackson... okay? I don't yeah. think they're allowed. I don't think to. they're going to put no, that. Yeah. Remix but to ignition. That that's that's. Get out of here. They're going to put that. I don't. Did they allow Steve, R. R. Kelly child? on there? Yeah, R. Kelly on there. I believe I can fly. Still a good song. Stop. What are we? Stop. I, well, uh, Elton John didn't crack the top ten either. Oh, oh wow. yeah, Elton John. Which Elton John do you want in there? Goodbye, Elbert um, Road. Rocket Man. Yes. There's so many. I'm still so standing. I'm still standing. Stevie Wonder's whole catalog was yeah. beaten out by that Missy Elliott song. I agree. You're, you're the most mad about game. Missy. <laughs> well, well, no, that's the one that is Sir Duke. 
Every Elton John no, song is better than Strawberry Fields. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Strawberry Fields is really not not placed correctly. But the back, yeah, right, back they, half of Abbey Road. Pick, like, Here Comes the Sun or right? I mean, there's all kind of other Beatles songs they could have used besides and if you're trying to and if you're trying to do like a big like rap song that was also like kind of a mainstream hit i would submit scenario by tribe called quest yes. yeah yeah now now we yeah. see i would fight for get by by talib kweli but that's just me mm. oh my god i love that song. that's my favorite song. <laughs> how about because i got high Afro Man should be on the list. I can't believe. Afro Man. Also, I, at four twenty. Are we? Do we hate Kanye or do we? Are we okay? I don't Kanye? hate Kanye. If you want to put Gone, the last or that track off of the second album, I don't think anything beats that. If we're being honest, my favorite. What I don't about, think he's, I don't hate him as a musician. <laughs> never let me down. But maybe that's because I just like. <clears throat> Jay Ivey, the poet, tweeted at me one time, and it was the greatest day of my whole life. And never let me from never let me down. Oh, we're I all here on a particular say, I path. I used to like yeah. slam poetry. Started in Chicago. <laughs> Why would you not? Well, in high school, I in college. I was at an art school. What do you want from me? Yeah, it's Lindsey Bryan, Mike Lisa, and Kimberly. Please hit subscribe. There's still more show, but if you want video of this panel. And like 73 other panels. That's on the show's Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Brido. B-R-I-D-O. I give you preferential treatment. You can submit questions to the panel. There are also World Series reviews. 1903 to 1959. That's right. Since we last spoke, I posted 1959. That means it's time for Bill Mazeroski. I posted my 30th Chicago Comedy History Project bonus show. This week with Mike O'Connell. That dude is a superstar. He was the Rolling Stone hot comic in the hot issue of Rolling Stone in 2005, I want to say. He was one of Variety's 10 comics to watch in 2007. He's in one of my favorite music videos ever. What's it going to be with Ken Jeong? I could keep going on and on. That's on Patreon for a dollar. I should charge more. If you want to support the show, that's where you go. Do I need money? Yes. And if you've already joined Patreon, I fucking love you. There are three new people this week. David McGregor, Jared Fadley, Edward Cotta. We're growing. And if you're thinking about joining, the water's fine. It's also, fun fact, not illegal for women to join. We also accept ladies in the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Brido. And if you like the show... Please tell other people about it. The next Carport Comedy Show is September 25th. That's tomorrow night as you get this. Mike Holmes is making his famous cheeseburgers. John Durnell is hosting. I'm on it. Paige Weldon is on it. Brooks Whelan, Jack Robichaud, Christina Catherine Martinez, Katrina Davis, Will Miles, Beth Stelling, Nate Craig, and James Adomian. That's in Eagle Rock. Los Angeles, California, USA. The details are on my Instagram or at Carport Comedy Jam. On Instagram, you can follow that if you want. Also, if you want even more of me, I did the Joe Kilgallen podcast this week. Today, as I do these announcements, it's Joe's birthday. So happy birthday to the Red Mamba. 
All right, we'll get right back to the show after a brief word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Urbandale, Iowa, my beloved home state. Learn to defend yourself. Get back in shape. Learn from black belt instructor and bona fide hunk, JJ motherfucking bar. He's been on the show. If you're in the Des Moines area, stop getting your ass kicked. Go, go Plata, the fuck out of life until it taps. No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Tell them Brido sent you. I know what you're thinking. What is the best way to handle the streaming wars? Well, you judge all the content against each other. The Buffer Battle Podcast does just that. Joel and Tony are former radio co-hosts who pit relevant pieces of content each week against each other to determine who's the winner of the week. From documentaries to dumb sitcoms, these two will help you decide who wins, and at the end of each month, they throw it all into a no-holds-barred cage match to see who wins the month. They're often joined by a special guest, including me, your boy Brido, to help decide the winners tournament style. These guys have fun making fun of themselves as they keep their passion for film and TV alive during the podcast. Tony's a film nerd, Joel's a music geek, and they aren't shy about their opinions. Listen to the Buffer Battle podcast anywhere you download your podcasts. Hi, this is Dustin with None Taken Podcast, and I have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Hey, this is Alan with None Taken, and I also have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. And you clearly listen to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine, so maybe you'll like our show too. We post weekly episodes recapping current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Give us a listen. You can find us wherever you found Hunk with Mike or go to our website, nuntakenpod.com. And now back to the world's greatest panel. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> These guys fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin and Alan. Oh, you probably can't hear me. You're fucking. Now, here's the thrilling conclusion of Lindsay, Brian, Mike, Lisa, and Kimberly. Please hit subscribe. Okay, uh, back to Brian. Bob Woodward of Watergate fame has a new book. This time, an army general has to call China to warn them that Trump might start a nuclear war. And Mike Pence calls Dan Quayle to see if it's cool if he overturns the election. Does this mean anything? I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, you're talking about the Mark Milley stuff, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, does it mean anything that the book is out or does it mean anything that this stuff happened? Do you think anybody's going to go, man, I guess I don't like Donald it's, Trump now. It's like I'm starting to think this guy, this uh, Trump is like a bad guy. Okay, how about this? Mike Pence was kind of seen as like the hero of January 6th to some people's dumb brains because he didn't yeah. overturn it. And now it's like... This dude yeah, called fucking well potato me. with an E to see if he could fucking do crimes. <laughs> yeah, they're all scumbags. I'm glad they're gone. I mean, like, you know, Millie doing that, I, I guess it's like overblown. I mean, I also don't want like the fucking um, the uh, secretary of defense, like calling a potential adversaries and undercutting the president. But, you know, as, as has been argued a million times, Trump was a quote unquote black swan event. <laughs> so like a lot of weird shit happens out of that. And oh, what does that mean? Tell me what that means. I don't know. What it that just means. means like something that it's not like, it's not part of like the, the predictive, like how things should. Oh, go. okay. Like way. It's a big outlier. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, part of me thinks that they and, told themselves that, because they got it so wrong. Yeah. 
because by Wait, who's they in that in that er, they is the New York DC journalism oh, yeah, set yeah. that by virtue of where they live and who they talk to have no fucking idea about anybody right. else in the country. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know why I asked that question just because it's like, who's going to be like, mm, I think that I like Trump more now. Uh, I do. No, I'm just kidding. That's not even funny. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, the, I guess um, the follow-up question I had, though, was after all the 9-11, like 20-year stuff had happened, I remembered how shitty Bush was. And I read a thing, I think it was Matt Taibbi, who I like a lot, said that Trump was the guy that talked a lot of shit, but didn't actually do anything crazy. But Bush was the guy that was like normal seeming, but did crazy shit. Yeah. Taib is a suspect though. I mean, the thing is like (laughs) the problem is that Trump was basically telling you he's corrupt every day and doing crazy shit and people still liked it. Like that's the problem. Well, Bush was doing, he's talking the most shit against Democrats and that's what we care about. Yeah, but Bush was torturing people and like, um, so Bush was the problem then, and we thought Bush was the problem then, and then Trump proved that we are the problem. Well, the, the well, Bush was the problem, but every Democrat voted with him on everything. Right. We are the problem as oh. a whole. The collective the America electorate. is a problem, <laughs> yeah. including Democrats. Does anybody think Bush was worse? I just want to know. Does anybody think Bush was worse than Trump? Nobody does. Subs- no. I don't subscribe no. to the fact that for the most part that they have, they just decide stuff and then do it. I don't know why, but I feel like Bush hits better than Biden does. <laughs> Biden? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not, not better than Trump, for sure. Trump right. definitely doesn't hit. But like, I feel like Bush hits better than Biden. Oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for him over Biden. Well, and I felt Bush. like if Trump had a chance to torture people, like a good reason, he would have. Give him a chance. Yeah, if we gave him a chance <laughs> to, he would have like, and he would have been very open about it. Whereas Bush was like, don't worry, guys, we're going to, you know, protect America. Trump would have been like, let's fucking cut their heads off on TV. Like, yeah, yeah. he thought he could get away with it. Oh, Bush shit. Is basically You're like, right. Cor- Bush is corrupt. Um but he, I believe that he believed that he was also doing well for the country. Trump does not give a shit about anybody but his stupid family and his mind. Yeah. He does not care about the country at all. He said crazier shit too, for yeah. sure. Okay. Lisa, I have a scenario from you from a Reddit thread called uh, Am I the Asshole? And I want your My take. Favorite. I want I your wait. take on this. This woman who is not a photographer gets asked by her friends to be the photographer for a wedding she's already RSVP'd yes to in the process of becoming the photographer for $250. For those of you who've been married, she's doing it for free if it's $250. So this is a 10-hour event, $250. She no longer has food provided to her at the wedding now. Her, Her chair is gone. She says to the husband the newly married husband hey can i take 20 minutes to go eat and he says you need to do your job or go home and she says okay holds up her digital camera and in front of him deletes every photo she's taken and goes home is she (laughs) in the wrong no she's not even close 
She's not yeah, even em. close to in the wrong. <laughs> As someone who works as a bartender for most days, I you can't just treat people like shit. Also, you can't work someone for 10 hours without legally a 30-minute break. Honestly, you can't work them for 10, 10 hours without overtime. And you can't, they need breaks. Like, it's, you can't, you just can't do that. That isn't how you treat someone you employ. Especially, you demoted them from guests, which is even worse. I, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have probably taken the pictures and held them hostage. I wouldn't have deleted them in front of him, but I would have been right. like, give me 500 and I'll give you the photos that I've taken up to this point. Can I play devil's smart. advocate? That's smart. Yeah. I like you. That's great. Yeah, hold him hostage. But can I play devil's, What's the devil's advocate? Okay, devil's advocate is it's a stressful day. I know that the hard part is over. You're at dinner, and you don't need to be a fucking ass. It's a stressful day. Uh, now you're this guy's fucking poor wife, and you're like, "What did you? What happened?" Like she has said nothing to you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's her wedding more than it is his. Let's be honest. So what about that? What about her? The like, problem, do, the problem there do. is the word job that the guy said, because it's a contractor. You're not, she's not doing a job. Her job is to complete the task because she's a contractor. She's not an employee of yours. So you don't get to determine whether she can take a 20 minute break or not. And so when you threaten her by saying, you know, we're basically going to fire you and you have to go home. If you take this break, he, he basically went too far and, so she's in the right. That's my opinion. While I, I was like giving it. Devil's Advocate, I do want to say I felt like I was being an asshole even doing Devil's Advocate. I think fuck okay. this whole family is what I think. I think it's the gener generalization of the way corporate America works. Well, what? You're an asshole to me because I treated you like shit? What the fuck, man? <laughs> and that's And that's what happens over and over again. What? You don't want to work at Wendy's? I guess you're all fucking lazy asses because you don't want to make an unlivable wage and spend 40 hours of your life at fucking wendy's and then still not be able to make your car payment or your apartment payment and but no you want to be a dick about it i think that the fact of the matter is that she she isn't a photographer so if she was a photographer she would have gone up to the person and said hey i'm gonna take 10 minutes is this a good time or did you want a couple shots before i take my 10 minutes um, but I think that like, for the most part, when you're put in a position that you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how, to, when's the right time or how to say, or yeah. to go up to the wedding planner instead of the groom or whatever the thing is. Also, probably, like, what if, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. She probably wouldn't have been missed if she had just disappeared to eat, but yeah. like, she's not a photographer, so she doesn't know that. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Everybody well, needs she, to learn that. What if she went up to ask him if she could take her break like while he's standing up there at the altar waiting? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what can I, I eat? I make that point, too, because it's like, it's the freaking end of the wedding. They're probably eating. People's makeup has melted off of their face. Like, <laughs> that's the perfect time to, like, take a break. Anyways, yeah, yeah. That, I, that's how I interpreted what you said, that it was like during a reception, maybe. Yeah, there were, I think it was like everybody had already given their speeches. It's now like during the time when everybody eats and no one oh, looks yeah, at those eating photos. Busted. Everybody yeah. was busted by them. You don't want nobody on film looking crazy anyway. So yeah. it's like that's the perfect time. What? This, this is not talking out of school because it's it's public knowledge. But uh, at uh, Vince Averill and Georgia Hardstark's wedding. Um 
they uh the wedding photographer took acid right before <laughs> i remember so, that <laughs> so you were were you you were there right yeah 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 so all the all the pictures are blurry as shit like nothing <laughs> makes sense did they pay it's, for them yeah 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 she was she was paid in full she she did not delete the the photographs but yeah, she uh, she 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 dropped acid right before the wedding. Oh my god! Sounds like they're probably real artsy. <laughs> yeah. some of them You're are paying for cool, her vision. They're, they're not what a husband and wife wants. So there's nice trails. Crisp. Yeah, there's a lot of trails. <laughs> um, I watched a documentary this weekend about uh, that painting that sold for four hundred million dollars that might not be real. I wanted to know, Kimberly, who's your favorite? painter <laughs> no Her wrong eyes. answers okay so i love basquiat yeah but there's this girl she's kind of like lowbrow um audrey kawasaki she does like these like weird looking women like on wood panels and stuff like that it's really cool all right i'll check she's based out i'll of. check I that she's out here in l.a but I just looked dope. it up. She's cool. Yeah. Audrey Cowes. I'm gonna write this down. What's this painting that went for four hundred million? Salvador Mundi. It's the lost Leonardo da Vinci. Hmm. That's and it was bought cool. by Mohammed bin Salman for four hundred million dollars. Okay. Wow. If you like art documentaries, you should check out the Bob Ross one on Netflix. Should I? Okay. Oh, yeah, I gotta see one. that. Yeah, the trailer was weird, and I didn't. And it seemed sad. It's pretty sad. (laughs) It is sad. It's not fun. I don't know. It's not like the fun thing you want. I don't know if it's pure sadness. It's just like, you know, the art business is not. It's like entertainment, the business aspect. Who else, Lindsay? Who's your favorite painter? Oh, don't ask me that. I'm not really ever since when I had COVID, I really do have brain fog and I can't remember names or anything. Vincent like Van Gogh. Well, actually, I've always loved Monet. I know that that's kind of dumb and basic, Why? but I also feel like I'll be able to love Monet when I'm blind too. like the older <laughs> I get, the older I get, the more I'll be like still blurry. Um, you know, but I, I don't know why I always like Monet. Burns, how about you? I I just I don't have a good answer for you. What's that Nighthawks of the Diner guy? Edward Hopper. <laughs> the artist. Hopper? Edward Hopper. Thank you. Edward Hopper. Thank you. How about Brian? I like um there's this guy, his last name is Nelke. Uh, it's A Nelke. I don't even know what his first name was, but he painted like clipper ships, you know, like on oceans, and my grandparents had a couple of them and I just like the Wow, okay. I have a couple of them on my office wall actually. How about yeah. Lisa? Um, my mom is a huge Chagall fan, so I think that's the artist I've seen the most. Steven? Of, but <laughs> Mark, Mark <laughs> Chagall, Mark Chagall. Um, but I have always felt connected to Georgia O'Keeffe whenever I see her. Oh, that's a nice choice. Georgia O'Keeffe. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> that and you just gave us the name of the episode. So thank you for that. 
Um, Wasn't a fun comment for us males to make, but I appreciate that. Yeah, well, we have to take something from you guys. (laughs) 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 Does she also do photography too? Yeah, she does. I think she's she's the one that has like it's just in New Mexico. I think she does all those like New Mexico colors and close-ups of flowers and different uh, cow skulls. And I'm more familiar with her photography, not her painting. I'm gonna look up. It'll be like a sad woman's face. Yeah, and a photograph. Okay. okay, I someone put a clip of the song Wild Wild West by Will Smith on the internet. I thought about that song, and I thought about like my aunt saying getting jiggy with it. Did Will Smith actually kind of suck? No. Here's my argument. So Look at Kimberly's face. She's like, time, no. <laughs> He definitely made a choice to not curse. Yeah, And I think that maybe during the, that time, like I know like Eminem made fun of him for that and stuff, but like Eminem kind of sucks, right? But we just didn't know that then. So I feel like Will Smith, he's been clean, but like we all know clean comics that are like incredible. So I think he just really had fun with the era. And that's my argument that wait we all know that. more than one clean comic who's incredible. I know a few. Okay. Do you? Yeah, I hmm. do. Well, I agree with you, but also, can we rewind? He's saying Eminem sucks because that's just untrue. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, he rhymes na 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 with weird. fix your bend and tend it, tune it in, and then I'm gonna. How can what you number, suck? What number did Eminem crack in the? I don't know, but I would vote for Stan. Should have been in the top twenty-five. Eminem is one of the greatest. (laughs) Just because you're both sober doesn't mean he's one of the greatest. I know, but I also have wanted to have sex with him since I was 13. So, Will Smith, most of this pro Eminem stuff, except for the last line. I mean, he's an attractive man. I think he's also so talented. And I think, you know, I mean, he's a little whiny for my taste. Okay, Lisa? I've seen Eight Mile, great sex scene with Brittany Murphy, right? Uh, incredible, incredible. But, but yeah, just a little whiny for me. The pinnacle of white trash. Did you guys know that Nas wrote "Getting Jiggy with It"? He, he did. Words. No, he oh. didn't. Yes. He wrote. Yeah, he wrote a he lot wrote of some. that. He wrote on it. Yeah. Wow. The Wilson that doesn't suck. Nas is. Yeah. There, there's a big difference between lyricists and MCs and like it's it's a very broken up genre of what is actually the best lyricism Eminem is top five easy there's the complication that he writes in if you looked at it on paper is incredible whereas some people deliver things in a better way like I would also say Guru from from Gangstar. Gangstar. Uh-huh. A lot of people say he's top five MC, but if you just look at the actual work, prove your work, just like a math problem, there's certain guys who wrote things in a more complicated way than... Rakim is another, too. Whereas Rakim also, yes, one. 100% agree. Uh-huh. Where you have, like, Will Smith, who is a guy like 
I just want to make sounds that come out of my mouth that are catchy for people to listen to repeatedly that give me a paycheck. He did write the greatest theme song of all time that wasn't written by Alan Thicke. <laughs> well, like parents just under, don't understand is is yeah. incredibly it's incredibly written. It's yeah. It's a it's very story. It's also problematic it's, as fuck. She was how old and what are you doing? Well, you know what? If we want to go down that road, we're gonna have to never listen to any rappers <laughs> or heavy metal guys ever again. And or Rolling. There's a lot. There's a long Beatles. Rolling Stones yeah. got to go. Beatles got to go. Look, if it's men tough. could just stop being gross, we you would know be what? able to just celebrate people again. Stop being horny. You're, you're correct. Stop being so fucking uh, horny and awful. You guys awful. are gnarly. You either <laughs> no, hit just... someone or act like a creep. Like, just fucking relax. I, I didn't do any of these things. <laughs> All of you are responsible. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I didn't do any I like Will Smith, and I want to say it again just because I know he sometimes fucks with comedians. So yeah, I'll just say that, get that out there. Oh yeah, he I was forgot. also he was also not thirty when he had written that song. So like, I don't know for him to be like not shitting on women and not like trying to be clean. I don't know. That's like not something your average twenty nine year old. Does. Have you heard "Welcome to Miami"? Is that excusable? So good. I love that song. <laughs> My MySpace URL though was get jiggy with it. <laughs> so. What song, Lindsay, would come on when you would go to your MySpace? Um Sexual Eruption by <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Okay. Mine was and Dan, what was his name? Dan Funk? Yes. Yeah, that was a top one for me. Mine was Riding Dirty by Chameleon Air. If you went to my page, you got a little bit of a party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, Muhammad Ali, four-part documentary by Ken Burns. I wanted to ask the ladies, if you hear Ken Burns' documentary, do you fall asleep immediately or do you have any sort of... Yes, you do. Okay. I almost fell asleep when you said it. I had to it's Muhammad it. Ali, the greatest American to ever live. Another boxer, another fighting. Uh, uh, uh. Didn't he do a Jack Johnson? One? He did. He did a two part, but this is a four part. Ken Burns is, makes great documentaries. The uh, World War II documentary, Civil War, like those, his war documentaries are great. I didn't watch it. Maybe it's good. How many fucking Muhammad Ali documentaries? Yeah, there's a new Netflix like, one about him and Malcolm X. I I know all the stuff. Yeah. When We Why? Were Kings is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love all those. I've watched fucking 50 of them. I have absolutely zero. And I can guarantee you I will never watch that Ken Burns one because I guarantee you it's the the slowest and most drawn out way of giving me the same information i've seen on hbo 85 times and netflix and there's so many i turned it on last night when i got home it was on live and i it was showing the um sunny liston fight and it was pretty fucking entertaining yeah maybe that's great but i'm just saying i agree i love documentaries but i need you gotta you gotta ramp it up a little we gotta have some some upbeat music and I don't know. We, it can't be boring document. It can't be school documentary. Like, 
school. Well, wasn't the point of a documentary to be something that you didn't have any familiarity with previously? And yeah, but you loved uh, Last Dance and you knew all that shit. No, but that was like, there's how many Michael Good Jordan point, Brido. Thanks, Burns. No, not a good point, <laughs> motherfucker. There's there's very <laughs> we're close enough. I can say that. There's, sure, sure. There's very there's a small. How many Michael Jordan documentaries are there? There's the ulti, There's Come Fly with Me. There's Michael okay, Jordan's Playground. Like when, we, when we were kids, that's yeah. bullshit. That's not real. Uh, I don't know then. Nothing. There's nothing. So this was the penultimate. Penultimate uh, means second to last. I know what it fucking means. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yes, there could be something else that could be that could surpass it. But that was a genuine, nice, exciting new thing. Whereas Muhammad Ali, I've seen a bazillion times. Do a Jim Brown documentary. Jim Brown would be fun. Oh, so, that would be good. Yeah, yeah do something. Do something. We've seen 20 Muhammad Ali. Okay, that's. But I think it also depends on how they format it, too, because, you know, with the Last Dance documentary, I think the format was kind of. They did a little something different with that. That made you want to watch it again. Because a lot of that stuff we did know, I mean, to Mike's point. Right. We didn't have backstage footage of that guy with the poodle hair and the mustache playing the playing the quarter game with with him going yeah. like doing this shit. <laughs> and then they take a lot of they borrow a lot of that for the 86 Mets documentary, which is also I fucking loved that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to drag you down a rabbit hole of talking to 86 Mets. <laughs> Instead of Muhammad Ali, what would you want him to do the documentary on a four part documentary on anything? I'm interested in a documentary on all of Prince's protégés and girlfriends. Oh, wow. I want to see a movie just based on all of Prince's love interests. It it might uncover some weird stuff. I would watch that. I would watch that, too. (laughs) I had had an ex who said that... um, that she, she lived in 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 the near where he lived, where his place was, Minnesota. And she said that that uh, that her and her uh, girlfriend got invited back to the house once, and they were like, "Yes," and they got there and they walked in, and Prince or somebody in his entourage was like, "Okay, take off all of your clothes," <laughs> and they were like, "No," and then they were like, "Then get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> cancel Prince. Prince has got to be canceled now. Did you and see TLC? The TLC, I'd watch that. Fucking Tony Braxton. Ugh. Give me four parts on Tony Braxton. I'll watch that all day. I've seen a hundred documentaries on dogs, and I can't get enough. So I would watch another one. If there's a what documentary if- that's about the evolution of dogs and what they really mean when they do stuff, I will be like, "Oh my god, put this in my veins." Why don't they just bring VH1 behind the music to Netflix with right. comedians as talking heads? <laughs> Come on and get us paid. Lindsay. Yes. Thank yes. You. Thank you. I did like Pop hours and video. hours and hours of uh, world's dumbest drivers. And then the only thing they ever used is me going like, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> More talking head shows. <laughs> What do you think? This guy's an idiot. And then it cuts to somebody else being like, what a buffoon. <laughs> that suck. But you give, but I, uh, I met Todd Bridges and he said to me, what you talking about, Willis? And I was like, you're Willis. 
And that was how I met him. I tell the story about how you went outside with Todd Bridges and he smoked cigarettes with a rubber glove on all the time. Yeah. He, and and I was like, why do you do that? Applause. He said, well, I said, why do you do that? And he said, my, I don't want my wife to know I smoke. <laughs> and I, was I, like, love I love that. I'm wow. Blue rubber glove. Yeah. Doctor's glove. Todd Bridges not getting caught smoking a cigarette by his it's wife. Like every person on a date at a bar where it's like, the guy comes up, takes a shot, and goes to sit back down. And the girl comes up, takes a shot. It's like you guys could just be drinking together if you both knew that you were trying to calm your nerves together. You weren't trying to. You hide must it see all together. kinds of crazy shit. Oh yeah. Okay, this one I'll just throw this out there and see what happens. I saw a, I saw a headline about ev- like white evangelicals, and I was like, "Are white people bad at church?" Maybe we're bad at church. Like, it's okay to say we suck at dancing. It's okay to say that we're Karens. We are way better at dancing than at church. Our church is very boring. Yeah. It's very boring. Yeah. Well, arguably, white people ruined religion. So. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever been to, like, a white church. They're scary. Like, Irish Catholic or anything like that? Well, I grew up where it's mostly like latinx catholic so i've been that and then my family's middle eastern so we went to like a greek orthodox church Mm. which is also not i mean it's i imagine kind of similar to what white people do but i don't know you're saying greek is middle eastern well that's just the denomination Uh, i'm not greek it's it's torture as a as a child it's just it's scare tactics it's awful what it's, kind of church did you go to? Catholic. I went to Catholic school. And, I was Catholic. And, Catholic. and it, it and it's just it. it Wait, was everybody? Taken... All the whites are Catholic? No, I'm Jewish. Awesome. I'm Jewish. Oh, the other the other Catholic. So scary to go to church. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't mean you. We know. I bet I. I bet I'm just I'm just spent more money. It's on my ass. I'm just, I'm just get behind <laughs> Amy Coney know, Barrett. Brian. <laughs> I did not know. I was kidding. I, I bet I've spent more money on therapy than I've uh, to try and get the Catholicism out of me than it than I've spent than my parents spent on Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, same, same, same. Um, I was like confirmed as a Catholic. And then I was like, okay, so I'm technically an adult in the church. My mom was like, yes. I'm like, okay, never going again. <laughs> I'm an adult. You can't make me do it. That's what I did after my bat mitzvah. You and you're 13. <laughs> I said, bitch. That's how white people talk to their parents. That's how white people talk to their parents. I said, bitch, they do. I've seen it. bitch, I will never go back. And she said, okay, no problem. I'm scared of you. There are two things that just leave my wife gobsmacked, and one is how white kids talk to their parents, and the other is the songs that I say that we sang in church. <laughs> she fell onto the ground laughing when I played her, like one of the bangers too, like uh, like Eagles Wings or something like one of the like the one of the, oh, yeah. the coolest ones that we had. Oh, well, I can rip some eagle's wings. <laughs> but also, it's what pounds, it gets pounded in your brain. Like, if you ever touch your dick, you're going to burn in hell for eternity. And like, well, I that don't sucks. know this is a good deal. This, yeah. is, this isn't going to work out. I yeah. guess I guess got to burn in hell. Yeah. My boyfriend went to a white church, and he has a story about 
Oh, one of those wrestlers. Is it DDP? Is That's that a Diamond wrestler? Dallas Page. Yeah. That's a real wrestler. And he like got healed there, or he healed people. Yeah, I feel like white white people don't do church right. Then yeah, probably not. How come this isn't a thing? If you're good at church, you're like the Eminem of church. You're like the Larry Bird of church. <laughs> we need to start this. White people are Karens. That's okay to say. It's okay to say all kinds of stuff. But bad at church. Get on board. New stereotype. I feel bad for you guys because like my dad was a pastor, so. Church for me, I've heard some of the best singers in the world. Like when I describe my church to people, I'm like, if you watch the scene from the Blues Brothers, the church scene where James Brown was the pastor and Shaka Khan was in the choir. I mean, I knew a bunch of people that sounded like Shaka Khan or Whitney oh. Houston or whatever. Yeah. So it's Looks like awesome. it was like a concert every Sunday, you know. Like, it sounds like fun. Yeah, that yeah. does sound fun. They didn't White really churches. put a premium on like performance at our Catholic church. So, like the best singing you ever got is like at one point this guy's like giving a speech and then he's reading the Bible and then at one point he goes through him with him in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. I know that one. Yeah. Have you guys heard Joe Quazala's bit about uh, the singing oh, yes. church? Yes. He keeps on doing it. So fucking it's funny. It's yeah. So funny. My wife was singing, I got just what I wanted from the Lord. And it sounded like a cool, like Motown song that I'd never heard. And then I was singing that around the house. Yes. Both of her parents, Pentecostal ministers, both of them. Yeah. Okay. Me and her have to have a talk. (laughs) She loves you. So yeah, she'd love it. That's crazy. One time my rabbi got a guitar. (laughs) Super sick. Can we play? We don't have any evangelicals here, so I don't know, like, white evangelicals, so I don't know if it's, like, they don't they try to do, like, rock music at their shit? Don't they just do basically Tucker Carlson's show? Yeah. Christian rock. (laughs) Yes. Christian Christian rock? Christian rock. Anytime I go on the road and I'm in a different city, and, like, like one of, like, like, a road gig city, I turn on the radio, obviously, and I always... I always like accidentally turn on a Christian rock station because like yes. halfway through a song, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of fucking, what is this? This is good. And then they're like, and I praise the Lord. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> they got me again. And I was like, God damn it. It was a good one. <laughs> oh shit. This is just Creed. Oh no. <laughs> Creed. I was up. So what was Creed a Christian group? Like yes. what were they? Yeah. So they I were straight was, up Christian. I think it was subliminally Christian, yeah. I don't oh, know if he ever said it. anything explicitly Jesus y, did he? No, but they knew what they were doing. They yeah, they had some sort of Christian dog whistle. Yeah. Okay. With arms wide open, crucifix much? Thank you. I don't know. Like one. Ooh. Oh Gosh. one. I thought it was welcoming you. I didn't know it was a crucifix. Wow, wow. mind blown. No, I don't know for a fact. Uh-oh. It's like, yeah. Either way, mind blown. Well, that's the point of the crucifix, right? <laughs> Jesus is welcoming you to his dead body. <laughs> it, like, right. it just occurred to me like a couple of years ago that basically at, at where, where we brought our kids when I was a kid, they brought us into a room where 
they just basically show you a person being tortured to death. Oh, <laughs> not only that, there. but the stations of the cross, they show you how he got there. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Here's how he slowly killed this guy. Yeah. Yeah, him being killed in that terrible way should not be the point of the religion. But, like, my uncle, who went to Catholic school, saw Passion of the Christ, because a lot of people were like, that's so much more brutal than I pictured. And, like, every Catholic was like, we thought it was way worse. Because <laughs> we were told it was like... <laughs> that's had... sick. Yeah. That's sick. It's a very violent religion, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I mean... But, hey, if anybody listens to this show and is Catholic, totally welcome. We love you. I am one. I can say all these things. I probably can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Oh, Bollinger, you've never done this before, so I wanted to give you two icebreaker questions at the end of the show. The first is you have – I have a time machine. It's the world's shittiest time machine. It only goes to any comedy moment in history that you would like to have seen – People have said things like Richard Pryor in Long Beach in 77, like the first season of SNL. Lisa has said that she wanted to see Norm MacDonald do Weekend Update in 98. That's right. That's right. Uh, people have and then where so where would you go? And then I have a follow up question to that. OK, I, I got one. I would like to see when uh, Bill Murray punched Chevy Chase uh, backstage at Saturday Night Live. Yes. Nice. That's a good one. Called good him one. medium talent. That was his insult to Chevy <laughs> Chase. Called him medium talent. Okay. Then the follow-up question, which anybody can answer this also if they want, but what is the thing that, let's say, a first-year-in comedy nerd would be like, you were at that thing? For example... I have bragged or people have been, have talked about Kinane's first album. And I was like, I was there for that or for, you know, something, I don't know that you could be like, I was at this thing at the improv in 2000. Something that I could brag about to a comedy nerd. You could be like, I was, th- I was there for that. I was at I'm a, that thing. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an extra in the deleted scenes in man on the moon. Are you shot at the, shot at the improv? Ooh, yeah. ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, you actually get a close up of my face in one of the delete when when like um he chases Zamuda as a heckler out of the Zamuda's fake heckling him. And Wait, it cha- wasn't really them. Out. Well, it was Jim Carrey. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Okay. Wait, they <laughs> really <laughs> shot that at the they they shot that they at shot the real improv? improv. They shot at the real improv, and I had just started working there, and they used like the staff as some of the waitresses in the scenes are like Rachel Zines, who was I worked with her. She's a waitress in the club, and she's playing a waitress in the movie. Um, and I'm in the audience, and I'm wearing like a crazy suit and a wig, and like I like they give me a close up of me as I like freak out as he runs by me. Were you there as an improv employee or as an actor? Because you were an actor. Well, yeah, but they uh, they they used the. The improv employees got to be extras if we wanted to. Oh, that's fine. Basically, yeah. Aww. Wasn't funny the, people. The club was they, closed that week, so they were like, "You can work on this instead." Wasn't funny people like they just did sets of those places instead of rented them out for, for some reason? Went into the actual improv and the, um, in the factory, I think. Okay. Huh. Some places might have been sets, or they might have done sets for backstage and shit. But like, I've... um, uh, Bud was there playing himself. Bud is in that scene. I don't think he made the the cut, but he's in the in this scene anyway. And so and um and um Danny DeVito is there playing um uh 
but, his uh, uh, manager. Uh, what the fuck? Shapiro. Is now Jerry signed for Robert, Sh- Robert Shapiro. Shapiro. Not Robert no, Shapiro. No, that's OJ's lawyer. Not Ben Shapiro. I'm with Shapiro. George. George, yeah. George, George Shapiro. Shapiro. George Shapiro. Yeah. When I met Orny Adams at the uh, the improv in like 2007, it was like meeting Jack Nicholson in full Joker makeup because I'd seen comedian like a thousand times. <laughs> that's funny. Anybody else have a good one? Who was at I'm, something I'm cool? I'm shocked to know that they closed the improv to film. Yeah, for you a would, week? You would think they would just do it during the day when there's no shows. Uh, I don't know. Give me a management job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have something that might be interesting. Yes. Um, so Bridgetown Comedy Festival, the year I did it, was also the first time they did New Negroes, hosted by oh. Baron Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was on that lineup. It was really dope. Great nice. show. Nice. Um, Open Mike Eagle. He wasn't. He oh, wasn't he wasn't doing it? With it at the time. This was at Bridgetown, so it was like Reggie Watts. Oh, uh, Will Miles was on the lineup. Do you think comedy nerds would be into getting to go to Meltdown? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I my last show in Chicago is upstairs at Chuck. It was. Amy Schumer, Hannibal, Kinane, and John Roy were on the show, and there was like maybe fifteen people in the crowd. Shit! Wow, that would be like a billion dollar ticket now. That's—I <laughs> mean—that's a good—that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. When I was working at the Improv, uh, you know, Chappelle used to come in a lot and like just do guest spots at late and stuff. And my brother was visiting me. I had only been in there for a couple of months, but he was always really nice. My brother was out to visit, but he didn't have anything to do. So I was at work. So he came and visited me at work and he was sitting by himself at a table. And he was a big Chappelle fan. And he wasn't huge at the time. You know, he was big, but he wasn't like he is now. He came in and I said, hey, you know, my brother's sitting over there mean a lot to me if you just went and said hi to him i know it would blow his mind or whatever he went over there he sat with him and he watched a whole show with him wow <laughs> my brother was just like it was like the first famous person he ever met you know what i mean <laughs> he just sat with him watched the entire show and talked to him do you know cool. do you know cj toledano's story his Chappelle story no oh. i think cj was like his he'd been doing comedy for like three weeks and Chappelle oh, came yeah. back from africa and like they met each other somehow randomly and Chappelle's like, do you want to open for me at this club? So like CJ's wow. like a few weeks into standup and he opens for Chappelle. Yeah. Wow. wow. Holy shit. CJ is psychotic there. like that though, where like <laughs> he'll just be like, he's the kind of person I feel like who's just like, can I have this thing? And people are like, weirdly. Yes. That's how he married <laughs> Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down that you just called Megan this thing, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm saying he said that. That's what the joke is. Um, at Megan Gale. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Burns, were you at the improv when Chappelle did the Walsh Brothers show? Yes, and I was on that show and obviously got bumped when Chappelle performed for two and a half hours and smoked three packs of cigarettes <laughs> well pep while pepitone is like in the main room and the whole crowd is like draining out of like like didn't like the main room pepitone's like headlining yes. the main room 
Which, yeah. like, honestly, if you said, who would you rather see, Papatone or Chappelle? I might say Papatone. But not in that and scenario. I well, I didn't even stay for the whole thing. I, at, at like, the two-hour and 15-minute mark or something, like, I can't, like, I gotta go home. This is a special thing to see, but you just he's just hanging out up there. <laughs> he's He's a super funny guy, and I love Dave Chappelle, but at a certain point, it's like, you're just bored and you don't want to go home and you're just going to chain smoke 4,000 cigarettes until he ran out of packs of cigarettes and then just started bumming from the audience and then just hung out on stage for a couple other hours. And for me, like or for any comic, it's like uh, my stage time is, is precious and I was just going to be a good show I was going to be on. And now I just don't get to be on it because someone wants to smoke cigarettes on a fucking stage in front of people. Well, if it's going to be anybody who does, I would rather have it be him or. Oh no, I'm not, I, I, I mean no ill will towards it. It was, it was a nice experience to have it, but like, look, man, I'll, I'll walk out of a movie that gets too long and I just, I can't do them. How about this one it. burns? How about this one? 2007 Caesar's palace. Uh, we're trying to sneak into the Chris rock show at Caesar's. We get into the basement elevator and we go up and we look right next to us and we're on the elevator with Chris Rock and Chris Albrecht, the head yeah. of HBO. Yeah, and then and then we got primo seats that we snuck into. And again, <laughs> we were there for two point, hours. Like, we were like, all right. This has been two hours, man. Like, we're in Vegas. We're, we need to go uh, have a good time. <laughs> I can I can see this later. I don't think I like anyone more than two hours. Brian, you didn't book you didn't book anybody cool for like Kimmel or anything like that, like uh, sure a Mike O'Connell set or something. You want me to you want me to do work bragging? Do some work bragging. uh, No one else can. I don't have any work bragging. What I booked Kumail's debut on Kimmel. Yeah, I booked booked Kinane's debut on when uh, you went to uh, when you went. Hold on, when you went to comics in New York, Kumail is very upset. That he was losing Molly Mandel, and I was like, "You guys are gonna be fine." And you go, "Who should I book?" And I go, "Book uh, Kumail and Jared." And then, like, they ended up like loving you. Yeah, you did. You did. You did bring those guys up for sure. And I worked yeah. the hell out of both of them. Um, did, did you book the uh, the or wanted to be deleted uh, Rob oh, Delaney set? That I did he, not. That he that that was it's not that complete, bad. It's not that bad. It's it's really bad. <laughs> I didn't he wanted it taken down. It's not the friend of the show, Rob Delaney. He's done the show. He's a great Love dude. Love Rob Delaney. But that set, and just like, uh, and I watched it, I was like, yeah, I could see this happening for me too. He bombed. He bombed well, for everybody sure. Everybody could see it yeah. happening for them. Yeah. Well, he, not he people had a very, ripping on it. He, this Brian that set was booked- killing, but it was also very dirty, and they basically made him take all the curses out. So it it's right. It's rough. I think he would probably agree that it's rough based on it, that he took it down, and I did not book it. Brian only books good comics, you guys. Uh. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I remember uh, you I you uh, had Kroll me on uh, on uh, his first stand up was on Kimmel, and I booked that. I booked Mulaney's second, which was on Kimmel. Nice. I booked okay, Meltdown. Now you're bragging. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. right, right, right. <laughs> Brian, There's a sweet spot asked. of where <laughs> nobody asked. No, keep going, keep going. No, yeah, keep going. <laughs> Whose emails did you ignore that you wish you didn't? 
That's I'll, tell you, I'll tell you i'll tell you some ones that i uh <laughs> some some mistakes yeah um, oh juicy no i'm not gonna do that damn actually. it oh fuck that would have been some, so fun i've passed um, on some i've passed on some very successful people <laughs> oh wow. fun stuff. you passed Definitely, on yeah. oh how so you passed on kevin hart i'm not gonna see I'm not, I'm not gonna, what I'm who's more successful I'm not, I pass this to very successful people. I'll tell you all. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Send it to the chat. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Dat fan. Did you pass on Dat fan? Yeah, man. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> I remember you. I think, pro- I think the thing I'm proudest of though right now is the is the Laugh 8 2020. That was a cool thing that we did at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like a big like streaming event. Tell me about yeah. it. People did. Um, just as the pandemic was rolling, uh, for it was a, char- a charity event for comedy for comedy gives back, uh, raising money for comedians whose work was uh, interrupted by what we thought was just going to be a cu- couple of months of a pandemic. Um, and it was called Laugh 8 2020. And it was. I executive produced that and it was my idea. You booked nice me on a uh, nice spin to get out of that. Uh, that yeah, it was a nice spin. Yeah, I did That's some charity crazy. work. You know, please don't ask me about uh, Rob Schneider. We see you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you booked me on three clubs and I was told good set. And I looked over and it was Lunell. And until that point, my naive 20 something brain thought that that was an actual hooker in the movie Borat. Sex work, I Sex love work. Luna. She's so, yeah, she's yeah. so funny. My she's God. So funny. I thought she's probably a real friend. person in this documentary Borat. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out for you. I didn't know how anything worked, and I still probably don't. I mean, really it does. took me a long time to understand Hollywood. I got to go. <laughs> You gotta go understand it. <laughs> All right, this will be up Friday. Does anybody want to plug anything? Uh, thank you for being here. Um, you guys were great. Does anybody want to plug your wares? Does anybody want to listen to Power Moves with Mike Burns? There it is. There's one. Ooh. Everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Does anybody want to plug their oh, yeah. um, star reading or snack times or their stand-up <laughs> yeah. sets? Or you have to check out In the Stars on Amazon Prime's YouTube channel. There you go. She's on it. Uh, check out my podcast, Snack Time, if you like snacks. You and uh, check out the Starburns Audio Comedy Podcast Network. And the person who's on fucking Netflix hasn't said anything. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> check out my special on Tiffany Haddish's Christmas Bay Ready on Netflix. And follow me on Instagram. I don't have that many followers. Are you wearing the shirt that you wore on that show right now? No, the same color. <laughs> okay. It's a good color on you, though. <laughs> Thank you. Also, good set on They Ready. Yeah. Yes. Turns story. out she was ready. <laughs> That's how I'm ending it. With the best Turns joke out. any of us have ever reacted to. <laughs> I'm glad I said it. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Uh, I'll see you soon. And uh, yeah, that's it. I don't know how to end shows. Okay. Bye. Bye, everybody. guys. Bye, Bye everybody. Yeah. That's Lindsay, Brian, Mike, Lisa, and Kimberly. Please hit subscribe. I'll tag them on Twitter and Instagram. Go give everybody a follow on social media. That is the show. Thank you for listening. R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs>